Um, hello. How are you? Good to see you. This is going to be... Oh, go away. Did it die? Oh, it's back. Wow, magic. Okay, we do have... I'm going to introduce a couple people uh, to start. Um, and as... I, I, if you're unfamiliar with who I am, my name's Jordan DeMarco, and I'm a church, a, 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 past, a church, I'm not a church, I'm a person. Um, I am a, a pastor at Bethel Church, and uh, I, I help uh, with the School of Ministry program, uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. We have a team here uh, that has come with me, uh, and so you'll see them. They look obviously American, so I don't need to point them out, um, but... We do have uh, what we have a third-year program, which is kind of like an internship, uh, and some have come to serve Journey Church uh, for um, nine months and to be with you and serve you and minister with you. So if you, if you, can you two stand up just so they can see you? Those are coming. There you go. Glad you're here. Happy you made it. And, huh? Yeah, and, uh, and I think there's three more coming, three more coming, so uh, hopefully they are a blessing to you, and if they are not, they weren't mine, so there you go. Uh, I want to thank, uh, thank John, and I want to thank Journey Church and the Journey Church staff for bringing us over here and hosting us so well, um, and uh, I, I'm really, I need to remember to look up, hi, there's people up there, it's good to see you. Um, and it's, it's always r really lovely to come here uh, and, and come to a church that uh, refuses to change and, and continues to pursue the face of God and uh, contend and pray for revival in their country. Uh, so I'm really thankful and really, really honored to be here. Uh, so thanks, John and Journey staff, for that. Um, Kingdom Come Conference is coming soon. I hope you can all come, uh, invite your family, and invite your friends. Um, I, I, I'll be giving, um, John wants me to speak on leadership, so we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will be giving a message that has been on my heart for a while about uh, the book of Haggai and creating a house for the Lord. Uh, I feel like the Lord is calling upon his church uh, to be... Uh, not just a place where he can visit, uh, but a place where he can have inhabitation. Uh, and, I, and I believe that the Kingdom Come Conference is going to be um, the beginning of that, where God's going to come and he's going to rest and he's going to come live with us. Uh, and so I'm really excited about that conference to gather together and just seek the face of God. So that's going to be really good. Uh, I, I want to thank um, any of the hosts. We have uh, families amongst your church that are hosting some of my team. And so if you're hosting one of my team and people are, you know, in your house, thank you so much for hosting my people. Thank you for taking care of them. Um, that's a massive blessing to me, and I just want to say thank you for that. And for the families who came this morning and realized there's no children's church because there's, a, there's an American orphanage um, in... Uh, it does look like an American. There's a bunch of air mattresses and blankets upstairs because uh, there's a large portion of my team actually staying here at the church. 
Uh, and so for the families who um, didn't get kids' church today and, and brought your kids in, thanks, thanks for your flexibility. I really appreciate that, and I uh, wanted to thank you for that. The babies got to go up, though. Okay, so people with babies, I'm not thanking you. Um, <laughs> only those with toddlers. No, just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, so t- today, uh, I don't know if I have a name for this message, but if you think of something cool and witty, you can let me know later and then I can add it. But I do want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I want to talk about how essential that is to our Christian faith and to our Christian walk and how essential it is to seeing Jesus rightly, seeing him for who he is and seeing him for how he wants to be displayed to us. And, and I'm going to go through the Gospels, primarily Luke, um, and then hop into Acts, and I'm going to be giving you a smattering of scriptures, um, a good smattering, yeah, a good smattering of scriptures. Uh, and so if you want to follow along, you can certainly try, um, but we have lots of scriptures to get through. I'll be paraphrasing most of them, um, and if you don't trust me, you can go check and see if I was right later. Um, but... I'll be paraphrasing a lot of them. And, and I really believe, um, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is going to move in, a, in a, an amazing way this afternoon. And, and many of you will, will receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and many of you will get an infilling of his presence. And, and many of you will actually see Jesus in a new way and in a new light like you've never seen him before. And I want to encourage you that as I'm speaking, um, not to wait until the end uh, for the ministry time, which we will have ministry time, um, but the Holy Spirit is here and he's here right now. And if you want him, you can have him. And so if I'm simply distracting you from experiencing the Holy Spirit, just ignore me and receive. And I come from a pretty crazy church, so if you stand up or fall down or start speaking in tongues or roll around the floor, I will consider it a great honor and I will not be distracted, okay? So please, if you are feeling, feeling the Lord, if you're feeling his presence, respond to his presence, don't be polite for me. Don't be polite for me. I, I would far rather you honor God than honor a weird American on stage. It's not worth it. Okay? Did you like my outfit? I kind of went for a Benny Hinn look. But kind of like a Californian version, you know. He's a little more classy than me, but I thought. What? Oh, I blend right in. Camouflage. Look at that. Can you still see me? Okay. Good. All right, let's pray before we begin. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Jesus. Jesus, we love your presence. Jesus, you are the vine. We are the branches. We are nothing without you. Lord, you're our prize. 
You're the desire of the nations. You are what our heart seeks and longs for. Lord, we need your presence. Without your presence, we're just a nice social club. Your presence is everything. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill this house. Minister to your people. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Amen. Um, sorry. When I feel the presence of the Lord, I either laugh or cry. And today's, I guess, I'm crying. So I, um, I was reading through the Gospels, like a good Christian does. Uh, and I was reading my Bible, and and I came across Matthew 16. And in Matthew 16, Jesus uh, asks his disciples, "Who who do people say that I am?" Who, who do they say that I am? And you get this great scripture, and we're like, some say it's John, some say Elijah, some say the prophets of old. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, no, no, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter, who gets a lot of flack, I like Peter personally. He's a risky one. Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus rewards him that. He blesses him for that response. Later in John chapter 18, Jesus asked the same thing of Pilate. And he says, well, they say, they, Pilate says, well, they say you're the king of the Jews. And he says, well, do you say this on your accord? Jesus is looking at Pilate and going, well, who, who do you say I am? What about you? And I was reading these scriptures and, and, I, and, I, and I realized that it, it, it matters to Jesus how we perceive him. It matters to him. It actually moves his heart how we see him. He wants us to see him rightly. He wants us to see him for who he is, truly for who he is. That that just as much as we desire him, he desires us. And he's asking the disciples and he's asking Pilate, who, who do you see? How do you perceive me? It matters to his heart. And if it matters to the heart of Jesus, I need it to matter in my heart. And I begin to ask myself, how do I see Jesus rightly? How do I see him for who he is? I wanna see Jesus for who he is. I wanna see him in all of his glory and all of his truth and all of his wonder, all of his mercy and all of his grace and all of his glory and all of his majesty. I wanna see Jesus rightly. And so I begin to read through the gospels and I begin to find, especially in Luke, it seems like Luke made a point 
and this connection, this, this marriage of a revelation of Jesus and a baptism of the Holy Spirit. That when the Spirit filled a person, they actually saw Jesus for who he was. Somehow, somehow the Spirit of God was able to fill them and wash over them and, and removing any, any, any filters or, or, or removing any possible distortions or life, religion, culture that might skew their view of him, that the Holy Spirit would come and all of a sudden their eyes would open. They're like, oh, that's Jesus. I see him. You're very quiet. I hope it's a good message. You can respond, it's okay. And we see this for the very first time in Luke chapter uh, one with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist and Mary comes to the house. And we know the story, John the Baptist leaps in her belly. Do you remember that? When Mary comes in. Well, it says that Mary, uh, Elizabeth is Filled with the Spirit of God. And then she begins to prophesy over Mary, the very child that she's carrying. That even, even without his works, without his ministry, without his wonders, Jesus is still in the womb, hidden in the womb of a woman. But yet the filling of the Holy Spirit comes upon Elizabeth and she goes, that's Jesus that's the Messiah. That's the King of Nazareth. She knows. She sees it. She sees Jesus rightly. Later in Luke uh, 2, Simeon does the same thing. Simeon's given a promise of God. Before you die, you will see Jesus. You will see the Messiah. And he comes as a, as a little baby. He comes as a toddler into the synagogue. And Simeon, an old man, sees Jesus. And it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit and begins to prophesy, openly begins to prophesy, this is the Messiah. This is the chosen king. Before his works, before his wonders, before his miracles, before anything was displayed, Simeon knew this is Jesus because the filling of the Holy Spirit. This is him. This is what I've waited my whole life to see, and now I can die a happy man. In Luke chapter three, Jesus is baptized by John, and we, we see this marriage again of baptism with a revelation of Jesus, and he is dunked in the Jordan River, the river I'm named after, I'm not named after the basketball player, and he's named, sorry, his name, that's my name. He's, he's dunked in the river and he comes up and the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus like a dove and there is a declaration to all who is watching, this is my son who I am well pleased. There is this baptism experience and within the baptism experience, there is a display of Jesus for all to see. You with me? Okay, good. In John 3, we see this again with Nicodemus. My son is named Nicodemus, by the way. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Just a side note. I'm going to do a side note just because I like defending Nicodemus. Some people are like, 
Nicodemus came by night because he was too afraid to speak to Jesus during the day. That's hogwash. I don't like that at all uh, because we see throughout the Gospels, Pharisees have open conversations with Jesus during the day all the time. So there would be no reason for Nicodemus to be afraid to do the same thing. And uh, I think, I think Nicodemus was hearing of Jesus, hearing of this man. He was hearing the prophecies of Simeon. He was hearing the stories of the miracles and the wonders that Jesus was doing. He was hearing of the, of the pr- prophecies that John the Baptist was saying in the wilderness and he's, he was so moved that he couldn't even sleep. He couldn't wait till morning. He had to go in the middle of the night. So he, he talks to Jesus and he goes, tell me about this kingdom, this kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says, you have to be born again. And he goes, how can, how can I re-enter my mother's room? And Jesus goes, no, 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 you have to be born of the Spirit. Jesus is telling Nicodemus what we're already seeing in the Gospels, that look, if you wanna see me for who I am, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you wanna see my kingdom, if you wanna see my works, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. John chapter 16 I might read this one actually. I can find it quickly. This is when the disciples are talking to Jesus. Where am I? I'm all over the place. Then he says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, listen, Jesus is going, I wanna reveal things to you, but you won't be able to see it. You won't be able to see it. Jesus himself is standing in front of his disciples and he says, he's saying to them, there's some things you will only understand with the spirit. Which, this is uh, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will decide to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What is Jesus saying? The Holy Spirit is coming and he will reveal me. This is Jesus standing in front of his disciples in bodily form. And he's saying to his disciples, look, look, I I know I'm here with you now. I know I'm right in front of you, but there's some things you simply cannot see of me unless the Spirit comes. John chapter 20 is the fulfillment of what he's talking about when they're hiding in, in, in a room, Jesus has been crucified and they're basically thinking we're probably next and they're hiding in fear and Jesus comes into their room and he says this, peace be with you. I love that because he's the prince of peace. So he's basically saying, I'm here. Peace has just walked into the room, it's me. 
A lot of you, a lot of you are anxious people and you're, you're desperate for peace. You don't need peace. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. He is the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. His territory is peace. His kingdom is peace. His authority is peace. His word is peace. Chris Cruz says it really brilliantly. When my son wakes up in the middle of the night with a night terror, he doesn't come and give his son logic. Say, oh, this is why you don't need to be afraid. What does he say to his son? I'm here. And in the moment, he is the peace to his son. That's Jesus. So Jesus walks into the room. He says, peace be with you. And then he says this, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes on them. (sighs) Receive the Holy Spirit. Are you good? Okay. Do you feel him? That was less of a yes. Okay, we'll keep reading. We'll keep reading scripture until you do. <gasps> Isn't scripture good? It's the bread of life. Acts chapter 2, we see the, the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind. Tongues of fire appeared on their heads. I'll let that happen again. Ah. Did happen, actually. Azusa Street, 1920. The house appeared to be on fire, and the fire department was called. And they said, the church is on fire, but it's not burning. It wasn't a real fire. It was the Holy Spirit. And so we see this baptism of the Holy Spirit. He comes in like a mighty rushing wind, and for the very first time, a, a, a preach, a sermon of the gospel and a display for all to hear of the true risen King, Jesus Christ. Acts chapter seven, Stephen is stoned. Do you remember this? The stoning of Stephen. And in the middle of his stoning, it says he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and he appears into heaven and he sees the glory of God and Jesus standing at his right hand. That even in the very moment of his death, even in the moment of the darkest time of his life, somehow the Spirit of God fills him and he looks up and he sees Jesus in all his glory standing next to the Father. Oh, Jesus. I want to see you rightly, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Acts chapter 9. Paul, the very person who was standing at the stoning of Jesus, sorry, the stoning of Stephen, he encouraged it. He held everyone's coats. Here, come on, give me your coats. Here's some stones. He's on the road and he gets blinded by the Lord, Paul the apostle. And God says to Ananias, go, Go pray for Paul. And Ananias is like, Paul, that, that guy, he's killing us. God said, oh, yeah, yeah, I got a plan for him. So he goes and Ananias prays. And it says, and he says to Paul, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at that very moment, something like scales fell from Paul's eyes. 
It was the filling of the Holy Spirit that so overwhelmed him and washed him and cleansed him that all of his upbringing, all of his, his uh, preconceived notions of the Messiah to come, all of his culture, all of his religion, all of the filters of life that could distort his vision of Jesus fell from his eyes. And in the moment of the filling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he saw Jesus rightly. Acts chapter 8, we get some crazy portion of Scripture. Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. Oh, sorry, I jumped ahead. Acts chapter 8, 14. We see Philip ministering in Samaria. And he's preaching Jesus. And there's miracles. Supernatural outbreak. There is revival happening in Samaria. And, and the apostles get word. Hey, there's stuff going on. Philip, he's tearing it up. He's popping off. He's, woo. Jesus is moving and shaking. There is a revival in Samaria and Philip is leading it. And they hear of this. He says, now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Listen, hear me. There is a revival happening in Samaria. There are people getting saved and healed and delivered. The apostles hear of this. And, they, and, and their first question is, have they received the Holy Spirit? Hearing that they have not heard the re receiving of the Holy Spirit, Peter and John go, we gotta go at once. We have to go. There is an, there is an like, there's an, this pull, there is this, in, this mass importance, this impetus of the apostles going, no, no, they have to have the Holy Spirit. They must have them. We will go at once so they receive the Holy Spirit. Why? I, I think they're on to this. I think they're on to, yes, they've received the word of Jesus, but if they don't receive the Holy Spirit, it, it, it won't, they won't receive it rightly. It'll be distorted. It'll be tainted. It'll be mixed with their own life experience and filters. They must have the Holy Spirit. Paul does the same exact thing in Acts chapter 19. He, there's these disciples of John that walk by. Paul's probably pretty excited because most people who he runs into probably wants to kill him. They say, oh, hey, disciples. And they tell, yes, we've received the word of Jesus. And what does Paul say? The same thing that Peter and John say to the Sumerians. He goes, have you received the Holy Spirit? They say, no, we haven't. And he lays hands on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Paul knew it too. 
Just like Peter, just like John, just like the apostles, Paul, in his own experience of being blinded and the scales falling off his eyes, seeing God rightly, he's talking to the disciples of John who are ministering under the word of Jesus. And the first question, the very first thing, he goes, have you received the Holy Spirit? Please tell me you've received the Holy Spirit. No, we haven't. And he goes, well, you're about to. There's something in the apostles, there's something in Paul that's going, you must have him. You must have him. Without it, you're nothing. There's a great quote from Robert Layton that says this. As the sun can be seen only by its own light, so Christ can be known only by his own spirit. Say that again. As the sun can be seen only by its own light, so Christ can be known only by his own spirit. I need you to understand, I'm not talking about a one-time event. I have... that's okay, Jordan. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. When was the last time? When was the last time you were filled? When was the last time the Spirit of God washed over you like a shower of refreshment, just washing off the dust, letting the scales fall from your eyes once again through disappointment, through hurt, through circumstances, through life, through all these things that have clouded your eyes to, to distort your view of Jesus. I received, but I received the Holy Spirit at a youth camp. I remember I was 14 years old and the God came and I, I was filled. That's amazing. Let's get filled again. Let's get filled again. Let's get filled again because I, I desire a life that has a daily filling of the Holy Spirit. I wake up and I feel his presence and I say, Holy Spirit, fill me, wash me, cleanse me once again. And when he comes, he comes like all sorts of ways. Sometimes it feels like immeasurable peace. Sometimes it feels like joy undiscernible. And you're laughing for no reason. Sometimes it feels like a holy conviction. And it's beautiful. But he'll give you what you need. Not always what you want, but what you need. And I believe that the disciples were filled, baptized daily. Daily, they were filled. Daily, they were crying out for the Spirit of God. And we see this time and time again. Time and time again. We saw the disciples, after being persecuted, after being beaten up, after being kicked out of a city, what would they do? They would shake off the dust. 
be filled with the Holy Spirit. And once again, full of boldness and joy, continued to preach the gospel. In the very moment when they could have been like, Ugh, Jesus, I'm getting beat up here. Life is literally beating me up. Imprisonment, all sorts of hardships. Paul was shipwrecked for goodness sake. And what would they do? What would they do? Immediately, immediately, they would go, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. I need to see Jesus rightly. I need to see him for who he is. I don't want this. I'm not gonna let my disappointment, I'm not gonna let my situation, I'm not gonna let my heart judge God for what he didn't do. Lord, this will not determine my view of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me right now. Fill me now, I wanna see Jesus rightly. And he would come and he would fill them and the dust, they would shake off the dust, be filled with the Holy Spirit with great boldness and joy, continue to preach the good news. Who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit again? Good. That's about to happen. If you want, you can play whatever you whatever you want to play. The minstrels will play. And if you're hungry, if you desire a touch, if you desire a filling of the Holy Spirit, you can stand, you can come to the front. And before we have the ministry team come, before we have anyone lay hands on you, I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna come in the room. The Holy Spirit's just gonna do it himself. The Holy Spirit's gonna fill you. He's gonna pour his spirit out upon you. And some of you might need to change your position. I, I, I don't think you changing your position will necessarily change the spirit in the room, but it will change your focus. It will change your focus. So you can stand, you can lay down, you can come to the front, you can do whatever your heart is telling you to do, but just respond to the spirit of God. Respond. Respond to the spirit of God. And just say this, say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Tell him. Tell him with your own words. Holy Spirit, I want you. Holy Spirit, come fill me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need a shower. I need a shower of refreshment. I need your oil. Holy Spirit, I miss you. I haven't felt you in so long. I need you now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Touch your people. Holy Spirit, move through your church and pour out your spirit. More than just being in 
More than just coming to the altar, I want you to become an altar. Become an altar for the Lord. Make space, make room, empty yourself so he may come and fill. It might start small, maybe a tingling in your fingertips, tingling in your ears, on the top of your head. Maybe you're beginning to feel heat on your shoulders. You'll feel heat on the back of your hands, maybe heat on your arms. Maybe you feel this overwhelming peace. Maybe you feel this electricity moving through you. Just begin to focus on that. That's the Holy Spirit touching you. And just begin to thank Him for it. As you begin to thank the Holy Spirit. Oh, I feel you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, I feel you right now. I feel you right now. Just tell Him that you feel Him. Say, Holy Spirit, oh, thank you. I can feel you. Oh, I can feel you. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. And just thank Him. And as you thank Him for Him touching you, He will increase. Holy Spirit, move through this room. Holy Spirit, move through this room. Touch your children. Right now. God, I pray right now. We have a John 20 experience that Jesus comes into this room. The Prince of Peace comes and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Let the, the breath of Jesus blow on you right now. Receive the Holy Spirit. And if the ministry team feels led, they can begin to move through the church, begin to lay hands on people as they feel fit. And as you stand here, as you, you stand in the presence of the Lord, you might feel a touch. It could be the it could be the Lord himself. It could be the ministry team. And they're just going to pray that you receive the Holy Spirit. That you become baptized afresh. Receive, receive, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive a fresh baptism. Get filled once again. To the point of overflowing. Holy Spirit, from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, from fingertip to fingertip, every cell of their being responds to the presence of God. Lord, overwhelm them with yourself. Overwhelm them with your spirit. Lord, all of your mercy, all of your grace, all of your goodness, all of your kindness, Lord, all of your peace, all of your glory, all of your majesty, all of your splendor, all of your wonder. Lord, all of your boldness and courage and strength. Holy Spirit, give them what they need. Give them yourself. I pray that the Holy Spirit baptizes you with his personhood, that, he, that you feel him surrounding you, encapsulating you with himself, washing you from the inside out. 